Welcome to the Final Siren Podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. A reminder to head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for the best insight into the talent pathways of Aussie rules football. I'm Matthew Cox. Great to have your company for what is a kind of special edition of the podcast over the coming uh, editions. We're going to be taking a look at the AFLW Draft prospects. We're going to go line by line uh, and just identify some of the talent that may end up on an AFLW list uh, in about a couple of weeks' time. The 22nd of October, mm. the AFLW Draft is being held. To help me go through those prospects, it is the Chief Editor of Draft Central, Pete Williams. Pete, it's getting closer and closer, yeah. the AFLW Draft. Yeah, definitely. It's... Um couple of weeks away now, just under. So we're definitely uh, edging very close to uh, knowing the future for uh, a lot of young girls and, and women as well that are coming through uh, and hopeful of getting drafted. And, and there's plenty of players out there that are going to add something to AFLW lists, um, whether it's in next season or in the long-term future. It's uh, quite an exciting time. Given that it's we've got four expansion clubs, so it's two more on the two that were introduced for last season of the AFLW. So more opportunities this season for a whole host of players, not just here in Victoria, but across the nation. We have an extra team in Queensland, an extra team in Perth. So that provides more opportunity for those talent. And given that one of the constant themes that I've been discussing on this podcast and through other platforms, that the draft prospects coming through now are at the point where they're beginning to overtake some of the older uh, women that are playing in the competition that didn't get access to the coaching and the development opportunities that we're now seeing, which means that the game awareness and skills is strengthening. And some of the players that we will be discussing over the coming editions, they'll be walk-up starters for round one. And not only will they be walk-up starters, but they'll be ready to make an impact. Yeah, there's plenty plenty of players that are, we saw at the under-18 champs that are we think are ready to go and, and certainly the talent level keeps increasing and we'll see that over the next few years as um, eventually, obviously, hopefully one day we'll just have a pure national draft and obviously they've mentioned over a few years it'll slowly extend out so there's more games and obviously the long-term goal is to have 18 AFL women's clubs potentially playing the same fixture as, as the men's and then that way you can um, work it around as, as truly one club for, for each of the clubs and seeing these players come through. By that stage, probably a lot of these players that are on the verge of getting drafted will be um, well experienced in the league. But, of course, there'll be new talent coming through and we'll see full pathways by then and it'll be terrific. And just to quickly recap before we delve into the defenders, which we're going to take a look at on this edition of the Final Siren podcast, from what you've seen over the last couple of years in the under-18 championship, specifically for the states that don't have the traditional football um, program, so if you look at New South Wales, um, Queensland, I mean, Queensland from a women's footy perspective has been one of the strongest for at least a decade, I would suggest. Um, so they've had fairly good in terms of developing and that extra side in the Gold Coast Suns will provide opportunities. But New South Wales is getting there. It's getting better. I wouldn't say it's out the front or on a level playing field with your Queensland or um, Western Australian uh, aspects. But what were the signs that you took away from this year's championship that show an indication that those programs are getting stronger? Well, it was a lot more even, um, I saw, particularly... Um, 
we saw last year Queensland did so well and, and WA looked impressive at times, but we saw the, the likes of the Central Allies and the Eastern Allies, which are, of course include South, uh, South Australia and um, Northern Territory for Central and, and New South Wales ACT and Tasmania for Eastern Allies. We saw that they were able to close the gap on some of those, I guess, singular states and really even up the talent pool. And they got a win against a couple of them in, on some occasions. So it was really good to see them uh, compete strongly and you're able to see that it's growing across the whole nation, which means that is only a good thing when it does come to a national draft perspective and, and the players can become full-time players because it shows that there is pathways throughout each state um, and it's enough to have that national, uh, I guess, talent pathway. As I said, we're going to take a look at the defenders now here on the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central, should also point out that there are profiles available for most players uh, that will have the opportunity of being drafted this year. So head to afl.draftcentral.com.au to find out a little bit more about the players that we caught up with during the championships and for the Victorian ones prior to the start of the NAB League season. So check that out, afl.draftcentral.com.au and you can just search for any player and most likely it'll pop up. Let's start with the key defenders. So those that are going to be or will grow into the role of a key defender. So obviously they're not going to be the number one defender. Well, Hope not. Um, well, you hope they do. Muddle myself up there, but you get the drift. Uh, Brenna Tarrant will start with a member of the Eastern Allies side, uh, hailing from New South Wales as well, is one of those prospects that's tall enough and can hold herself well in a contest to lock down in a key defensive role. Yeah, a member of the Giants Academy. She's been a good talent for a number of years. Made All-Australian this year uh, in the fullback position. So she's... Um, really, I guess, adapted sort of playing in a low defensive role, uh, close to goal, um, defensive one-on-one. She's really strong. She's able to outmark her opponent and also create drive up the field. So she's a player that I think um, probably has more of a defensive side than many of the others we'll talk about because a lot of the other defenders are very much uh, offensive rebound types. Um, while Tarrant can do that, uh, her best strength is sort of beating her opponent one-on-one and um, doing it well defensively. What do you make then, just I find that comment that you made interesting, that we're shifting. So the last couple of years, there's been a more defensive mindset in how to play women's footy. It's generally been, you know, hit up target, you know, chip it around a little bit more. As we've become more strategic it's become a lot more of that offensive, particularly off the half-back flank. So it's starting to replicate men's footy and the way that they use the ball movement. Are we seeing that at the under-18 level, given that those prospects that we're about to discuss do have that more attacking sense rather than the, the, the traditional defenders that we've seen in the AFLW? Yeah, I mean, now now because they've got a lot more um, development under their belt, uh, obviously, as we mentioned off the top, um, they've been able to gain a lot more skills and advantages and things like that coming through the pathway for longer. Uh, they're able to develop into those more offensive defenders that can play and run, and I think that's what uh, the league as a whole wants to become, more of a uh, entertaining, attacking, flair-type style game. Um, it, it's particularly important for those that, uh, either haven't really got into the women's footy so far or those that are perhaps 
international that want to get involved in football. Um, I mean, they're doing it with the men's as well. They're trying to get them, they're trying to reduce stoppages and get it fast flowing and high scoring. And um, so that I think it's the sport as a whole, not just women's, but certainly for, for the women's competition, which is still relatively in its infancy when it comes to the elite level, um, it's important to sort of have those players that come through with that offensive flair, but you still do need those players that can lock down and really take out an opponent forward because at the end of the day, the team still want to win. And I'd suggest the next player that we'll take a look at, Serene Watson, is again someone of that ilk, someone that does have that offensive style, but has also got a bit of that traditional defensive player uh, or that ability in her. Yeah, she's a, she's a player that plays that little bit further up the ground, but can um, also play deep if she's needed to. She's got a, you know a, a nice bit of run and carry. She can kick the ball pretty well. She's really good at intercept marking, so she drops back into the hole and um, can use the ball really well. And um, she's a player, obviously uh, coming from Queensland. She's been involved in that um, system for a little while, and and certainly been able to uh, adapt to the, the style of game there, and, and she's been one of their key players over the journey. Millie Brown is a curious case, A, because of the father-daughter prospect, but also that when she was playing with the Murray Bush Rangers earlier in the year, she tended to be a little more forward of centre, but then during the championships, particularly in that first match against Vic Metro, solidified her spot, essentially, inside the defensive 50 area. Yeah, she she can play anywhere realistically. She's very much a, a, a utility where she can play key key defence um, through midfield, can even play forward, but she, she has played a fair bit of time during uh, the Nablee girls in the midfield as well as um, off half back. She just sort of slots in wherever you need her and that's, that's really handy in that regard and um, certainly one of the best intercept markers available and great reader of the yeah hundred percent she's she's terrific uh, able to just um, peel off her opponent and, and use the ball so well and um, look as we mentioned she's you know eligible to go to Geelong for the father daughter rule which obviously happens before the draft but as of the recording of this podcast it hadn't happened yet but um, look she's from Murray so comes up from Shepparton got a bit of travel regardless so um, but she was, you know, captain there, a real leader. And in, in such a young squad, she also boosted her sort of draft stocks um, off the field with her leadership that she showed both on and off. Um, so recruiters, no doubt, would have enjoyed watching that. Just a, a fantastic all-round player, as you said, an ability to go anywhere on the ground, use the ball incredibly well, and, and just that great mark. I just I can, got vision of her taking intercept marks inside defensive 50 in that game against Vic Metro. Um, and if you get a chance, go back and have a look at that match because some of her highlights there were sensational. We move on to some of the other players that could hold down defensive roles. But as you alluded to earlier, have that more offensive flair. We start with Georgia Garnett, also a, from the Eastern Allies and uh, from New South Wales. Yeah, I think she's one of those that comes from the Western Sydney heartland. So um, they love promoting uh, the Western Sydney uh, girls that come from out there that potentially, as we've seen with the, the boys, make it through um, uh, that pathway. But certainly she's one that, um, look, she's just a warrior back there, loves playing uh, through that halfback role, can play through the midfield as well. But she um, she captained the Eastern Allies this year. She really led from the front. Um, yeah, she she's just someone who's got a high footy IQ, um, has always loved footy, even when uh, I know she's mentioned uh, when we interviewed her that, you know, when she was at school, not many others played it, but she she did. So she's been one that's come through 
um, almost been like a pioneer of sorts because it was only very, very um, new when she sort of started as a younger um, player and and she's been able to come through that pathway and it shows in her football she's got that great footy IQ. You mentioned there that she was one of the players that we caught up with. If you'd like to have a listen to that chat, you can go back through the final Siren podcasts where we reviewed each state and featured interviews from those players. So you can check that out uh, as part of the final podcast series, final Siren podcast series, that should be. Madison Newman, uh, a South Australian, a member of the Central Allies squad during the championships on the Gold Coast. How do you rate her? Yeah, she she's more of that smaller medium type, and and you know she's just a rebounding machine. She she works really hard in defence, um, pushes up the ground, but she's very defensively minded in the sense that she'll stay in that back half and and, and use the ball well, um, coming off half back. Uh, a lot of these players we should mention um, do use the ball well because simply that's that's why they're in the in the conversation of being drafted. So. Um, but yeah, she's one that, you know, really runs hard, gets out of defense and sets up her team from half back. So uh, obviously with Central Allies, South Australia base, she made the All-Australian team and got the National Draft Combine invite. Um, so she's a player that I think plays very differently to some of the others, um, mainly because she is that pure defender, um, but certainly one who is very handy if, if a club's looking for that uh, smaller medium defender. We move to some of those that are a little more versatile. So a player that could hold down a spot inside the defensive area or the ground, but could also be moved elsewhere. I know we alluded to Millie Brown before, but I think she's settled more in defensive 50 now than what she was halfway through the year. Elizabeth Georgia Stathis. Now, during the champs on the Gold Coast, she was a little more forward. She was probably a wing half-forward flank at times coming off the half-back flank but again is that sort of run with play a good user of the ball has the ability to impact the scoreboard but also can hold a defensive role yeah she, she's one that just um runs all day like she started in the midfield played predominantly as a midfielder in her bottom age year won the best and fairest at the western jets in the nablee girls and then this year she's developed into that halfback after a few um weeks into the season and then of course she played forward uh at the championship so she showed she can literally play anywhere but I, I feel like her best position is sort of that half back because she just wins the ball knows how to get it and then runs and and takes on the opposition but she's got that really great accountability about her she's um you know she's shown she can not not tag because they don't really tag in the nabley girls but um really have a i guess keep her opponent quiet and um, able to win the ball while nullifying her opponents. So for her to then um, go to halfback, win the ball, and still have that accountability is really important. Nicola Zenos, someone who got exposure to the VFLW program with Collingwood late in the season, is another one that came not to the front of mind from, from a draft perspective, but shown that she has good ability and potentially is one of those mid-range to lower draft picks that would still be a very valuable player. Yeah, well, she um, competed the National Draft Combine and won the 20-metre sprint in a time that's pretty impressive. Uh, it was about 3.2, which is fairly good for um, uh, any player, realistically. Um, so to win that is, a, is a, a feather in her cap because she's obviously shows she can break the lines, run off half-back. She can play forward or through the mid, um, probably on a wing, but... 
it, it just adds that point of difference with her speed and um, being able to run and carry and, and play that style of game that we were talking about earlier when, we, when it comes to sort of attractive, um, fast footy, um, getting it from end to end and, and scoring heavily. She's definitely an important link in that chain um, for whichever club should they pick her up. Is Collingwood a chance? Well, could be. Um, of and that, that's the reason why I said mid to late because they don't have their first pick until the mid sixties in the national draft. Yeah. It will obviously be a little bit earlier if she nominates for the the yeah, Victorian well, draft. We we know they love her there. They, they love all the the Oakley girls they've got, and they know that um, Gemma LaJoya will be out of reach um, by then, and they've publicly said that. So um, they haven't said the same about Zenos mainly because they don't want to play their cards because they know there was no hope they were ever getting LaJoya. So they thought, look, we won't say anything about any others. But you get the feeling they really rate her. And, and certainly I think if she was available at that pick um, in the 60s, then they'd definitely consider her um, because she is a quality talent with plenty of upside. I just put my foot into it. Hello to all the Collingwood supporters out there, of which Pete Williams is one of them. Shanara Notman uh, is a player that we'll move to now. Now, these are players, again, we've sort of gone from the, the ones that we think are most likely to end up on an AFLW list to ones that could potentially be. So these are more mid to late round selections we're assuming. Um, Shanara Notman, another good player that I think grew during Mm. the championships. Yeah, she's one that's um, got a massive upside and she's very raw because she actually didn't play footy last year. She focused on basketball. She played at the V-Line Cup a couple of years back in her sort of 16 um, year old year and then took the year off to go play basketball came back in a top age year I think she had an injury uh, pre-season and then um, when she came back it was, it was just like wow who, who's this player like she's running off half back taking intercept marks she's a good size she's really tall um, you know she uses it well um, look she's got a lot of upside uh, it's, it's just consistency with a lot of the uh, I guess players it's just building that consistency and um, I think a full preseason and certainly in like an elite program, she's already been through the power, which is um, as, as elite as you get for junior footy um, to then go up to a senior elite program would be uh, would do wonders for her because yeah, she's certainly got a lot of upside and um, someone who I think a club should take a, a chance on based on her attributes. So um, she's very athletic for her size. So it'll be interesting to see how she goes. Played a couple of games for the Casey Demons, I believe as well. Mm. So could potentially end up on that list, maybe. It'd be a nice little fit to a Melbourne side that's fairly well-balanced at the moment. Brooke Vernon, what do you make of her prospects? Yeah, she's just a really consistent player. She's um, sort of that natural footballer. Um, she's able to intercept Mark in defence. She had probably one of the most rebounds in the NAB League girls off the top of my head. And she's, um, she's a player that just works hard throughout the day. She switched from forward to defence this year, and it worked wonders for her. Um, And, yeah, she was just so consistent throughout the the 2019 Nabali Girls season and was rewarded with Vic Country honours. And um, while she didn't have as dominant uh, performance at the championship, she certainly got a fair bit about her um, coming through that, you know, if someone was to give her a chance, I'm sure she'd work pretty hard to to, um, build on her game and continue that. 
Amber Ward is the final player that we'll take a look at on this edition of the Final Siren Podcast, taking a look at the defenders that are prospects in the upcoming AFLW draft. Ward represented the Central Allies during the championships coming from South Australia, you assume, given that we haven't got the information at hand at the moment, that she'll nominate for the South Australian draft and potentially go onto the Crows list. Yeah, well, she's a North Adelaide prospect who... um, well, like when I was uh, watching the Sample Women's earlier this year, she's she's a player that just uses the ball incredibly well. And when I say incredibly well, um, if some of the statistics are anything to be believed, then from her 18 disposal, she ran at 98% efficiency throughout the year, which I don't know how that's possible, but apparently she did. Um, it's just a remarkable effort. Either way, we saw it at the champ. She uses the ball really well, and um, she's able to run and carry and just get it out of defence Um uh, similar to, you know, like Newman or uh, Vernon in particular, she's a real heavy rebounder. So she'll um, win the ball in the defense, whether it's via a mark or just at ground level and just run it out of defense and, and get it down the field. And and she was almost a bit of a brick wall in the sample women's with her ability to do that and get it out. And um, she finished third in the North Adelaide uh, best and fairest and um, was a member of the team of the year. So she's she's just a really talented player. They're all talented players, Pete. Yes, they are. They're all talented players. They're the defenders that will potentially be drafted during the AFLW draft taking place on the 22nd of October. If you'd like to find out more about those players, head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for all the player profiles of the AFLW prospects. Plus, you can go back and have a listen to our review of the championships state by state or allied by ally uh, for a couple of them uh, where we also sat down and caught up with a couple of the key prospects as well as part of the final siren podcast so plenty of information for you to go back and check on in the lead up to the aflw draft thanks pete no worries good to be here looking forward to more of these yes uh, coming up on the next edition we'll take a look at some of the forward prospects heading our way in the aflw draft that's the final siren podcast for this edition i'm matthew cox it's been great to have your company we'll catch you again soon